Nuclear proliferation. Global pandemic. Famine. Environmental genocide. War. Mankind teeters on the brink of a second dark age. Everywhere you turn, chaos, anarchy, and shadow. In these bleak days, under the fading light, where businesses and the little guy are left for dead on the side of the byway, and people cry out for the rule of law, humanity is at a breaking point where there is no light at the end of the tunnel, and everything good seems to have been barred, or banned, or barred. Two men offer up their voices in the darkness, a shining beacon leading the huddled masses into the safe harbor of good business practices and occasional time travel. Here are your hosts, the Sirens of Sanity, David Pridham, and L. Bradley Sheaf. Hey, I like that, buddy. New year. Welcome back. Welcome back, Cotter. It's a classic. I mean, I stop tweeting immediately we know it's not from the 80s but it doesn't matter with a classic like that you just enjoy it and i, and I don't know that i have much to critique now it's a, it's a john sebastian vehicle one of the great songwriters of the 70s and 80s um and really probably top five show of all time all time he left cotter left and then he came back and now he is one of the top um poker players on the professional poker tour gabe kapler also a great runner in the battle of the network stars I didn't know any of that. So, and I imagine most of our listeners didn't either. So now we've not only started off the new year with a classic, but with some information one can use. Yeah, that's, that's right. And I'm convinced he had something to do with the white shadow, but I just can't figure out what, but some of our upcoming guests, Brad will um, hopefully help tie the, uh, uh, connect the dots on that conspiracy theory. Upcoming guests do tell we're going to have upcoming guests. Well, I mean, you know, one thing we have to talk about at the beginning of the new year, 2021, everything is, by the way, everything is just going great in 2021. I mean, yeah, so far, so good. Who could have noticed anything, you know, askew or askance? I I certainly haven't. Who could ask for anything more? Who could ask for anything more? It's what a a great year. And boy, you know, 2020 was a tough act to follow, but 2021 is doing its best. We'll get to that. But as part of this whole thing, the boys um, up in the boardroom have made a few changes to the show. Um, yeah. For one, um, we're in these plush new studios with the studio audience behind the uh, plexiglass here. So you can't touch anymore because of the number of claims that were filed both ways, both ways. Yeah. Um, but another is, another is we're mixing in some guests this, uh, this season um, in hopes that we'll be picked up by that. the Netflix or the, the, the MyFace. Um, and, uh, we'll have a, a regular show and then we'll have a guest and then we'll have a regular show and a guest and then we'll have a regular show and again, and it'll, it'll just go on that way. Sometimes it'll be a guest. Sometimes it'll be a regular show. So, uh, so Brad, uh, I, I'd be, um, I miss if I didn't ask you how your holidays went. Uh, did you deck the halls? Did you have a good, uh, time up there in your uh, mansion in the Berkshires? Uh, we, we did deck the halls. There were some halls. We decked them. 
Uh, I, I'm not exactly sure what that even means, but we we'd certainly had a festive time. Did you have some and, toddy? Did you have a toddy? And we did have a toddy. Actually, we did actually have a toddy. We'd never had one. Myself, my wife, my oldest daughter, who's 26. And so we looked up the recipe for a hot toddy and damned if we didn't make them. Indeed. So uh, next is ma- management corner hmm. or cubby or, or corner. Um, again, this is a segment where we take you into the bosom of our enterprise um, really close, like really close into the bosom of our enterprise. And we talk about um, managerial tips and uh, little um, takeaways and little tidbits and morsels uh, that we can give you to help you run a more efficient business like we do. Um, this week, Brad, this sort of meshes with the COVID update, right? Uh, the management cubby or, or corner, bosom, but the like bosom. Um, and uh, the COVID update, the COVID is raging all across the country. People are getting it, uh, going to the hospital. Uh, there are therapeutics out there. There are guys on TV who are um, talking about the, the therapeutics, the vaccine, the this, the that. But here's a question for you, right? And this goes back to management. We live in a country where we were able to develop a vaccine for the um, COVID-19 in, in a matter of what, eight months and then put it into a trial? If yeah, that, probably yeah. seven months. And, and then now into a trial, yeah. And, and, and so we've, we're, we're producing millions of doses of this a week or, or certainly multi-millions a month and we can't distribute it. We can't distribute it. And it's like our government is so screwed up that we can't come up with a plan. I mean, this is the country that liberated Europe, right? This is the country that rebuilt Europe, that rebuilt Japan. Um, you know, in this country can't figure out how to distribute a vaccine. Oh, no, buddy, I mean, you've hit the nail on the head already. It's the government. I mean, if there is a single person in this country, not currently an elected official, who believes that our government is a legitimate, fully functioning body of adults who are focused on their job and are, you know, putting the, the needs and the welfare of their constituents in front of their own, then I would love for that person to stand up. Certainly no one in our studio audience has stood up. In fact, they're hunkering down. I appreciate that. That's good. It's work. tough to see them through this plexiglass, but they, they're not standing. They're, they're yeah, not. we should have gone with clear plexiglass. You know, the jet black plexiglass turns out to be a bad call. Difficult. Of, you know, back and forth with the audience. But uh, looking here on our uh, our webcam, I see that they're hunkering down. And, and, and look, I mean, it's just, it's embarrassing, right? I mean, for uh, you, you have barely, despite the grandeur, of the accomplishments that you have mentioned, you've barely touched on the accomplishments of the of the folks in this country, right? Going back to the, the, the dawn of this country. And yet we can't put a vaccine on a GD truck with some dry ice and get it from where it is to where it needs to go. I, got, I mean, buddy, we went to the moon. Or did well. That's another episode, Brad. That's another. Let's not let's not cross episodes. But that's another episode. I don't know if we did. But um, the 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 problem is there. There's no plan here. There, some states are rolling it out too. I mean, I saw um, the mayor of Dallas got the vaccine. Congress people are getting it. Congress people in their 30s, mayors in their 40s are getting it. Most of whom deserve to be thrown off a cliff. 
Um, mm -hmm. And they're not giving, they're not going, some states aren't going into senior centers. Then if you just want to get back to normalcy, the quickest way to do that is to take the most at-risk folks, the folks that we're all theoretically locking ourselves away so that they are not infected and square them away. And then we can go back about our business, but they're not even smart enough to do that. It's almost like they put the people who are in charge of the uh, um, Hurricane Katrina response and the people that were in charge of protecting our businesses and our people from rioting over the past year um, in charge of the vaccine rollout, like the Marx Brothers, right? I mean, it's yeah. like, good Lord. So the lessons we can learn from the government's vaccine rollout and the government's uh, lack of uh, response and lack of protection of the people that are most vulnerable. Brad, what say you? Look, I think you, you, you know, have a plan. You have nine months. And oh, by the way, you have the full power of the US government. You can coordinate with private industry. You can requisition government shipping facilities and resources. You can use the military. You can use the National Guard. You can do whatever you want to do because this is critical. We got to get these little liquid filled glass vials from here all over the place. You got nine months and all of the resources of the United States government make it happen. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. And it's it's really the, the, the management message here is one, don't hire any of those morons, but you don't have to worry about it. They're gonna make a lot more money in government, but two, have a plan, uh, stick with your plan um, and adopt your plan to changing situations. So if there are riots in the streets and you can't go down a particular street, take a detour with the vibes. Google Maps, my friend. Well, Brad, that was it for Management uh, Cubby Corner. Um, RIP Roundup, Brad. We've had a, a busy week in the RIP Roundup. Um, we've lost Mr. Green Jeans from Captain Kangaroo fan. Um, oh, and Tanya Roberts from the Charlie's Angels uh, passed away. And then Dr. Dre had a brain aneurysm, but he still appears to be alive as far as we can tell. But what are your thoughts on uh, Mr. Green Jeans and and uh, the great uh, Tanya Roberts from uh, the Charlie's Angels. The Tanya Roberts wasn't in Charlie's Angels. She was. She was? Yeah. I thought she was in uh, like that 70s show or something. That, that, that stuff, it's way after my time. But Charlie's Angels was a, was the big hit in the 1980s, 70s. I did it, yeah. I mean, I, I watched it myself. I didn't realize she was on. I mean, God bless her. She, I, you know, I, I think, unfortunately, you, you keep your finger on the pulse of this much better than I do. I did not realize... Mr. Green Jeans had passed on. I'm sorry to hear that. He was certainly a part of both of our childhoods. I didn't hear about Dr. Dre's aneurysm. I did hear about Tanya Roberts, but apparently somebody jumped the gun and reported that she was dead like a day before she was dead. Brad, next is pole position. Reinstated by the courts. We are able once again to talk about the equestrian arts, the lovely, um, graceful prancing of the ponies. Um, uh, this week, uh, pole position is where we take a famous horse and pit them in a race against a famous American. Hmm. Right. Horse versus American. The great uh, triple crown winner affirmed. Hmm. And on the other also side, an American. The, also an American. Yeah, absolutely. Great stud. And then on the other side, another great stud, the great Gabe Kaplan, uh, going back to welcome back Cotter fame. And again, what you have to understand about Gabe Kaplan is he beat Robert Conrad in the sprint in the battle of the network stars. All right, so long story short, we got affirmed Gabe Kaplan. What's the distance? Well, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, that's something that constantly comes up. Again, the boys downtown have not set those parameters for the big uh, pole position um, uh, feature on the show, segment, if you will. 
So mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it could be, you could sort of set that, right? It, it could be a uh, hundred yards. It could be a hundred miles. Yeah. Well, now, and also I think that, you know, our studio audience is going to want to know is, are there obstacles or is this just a flat out foot slash hoof race? Well, maybe there are some ropes. We have to grab on the ropes and jump over the puddles. Well, now see if there are, if there are going to be obstacles and those obstacles are not, you know, fences or hedges or the type of thing a horse you know, sort of naturally maneuvers itself around, then I, I think the advantage definitely goes to Mr. Kaplan at that point. Yeah, well, I, I suppose. I mean, you could certainly say that, but to the extent there are hedges, then the horse is going to win. Is that what you're saying? Well, I, I think, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, now, look, you and I both know there are people who can manage a hedge, right? They'll get out a ladder. They'll climb up it. They'll peek over the hedge, see what's going yeah. on. I mean, both you and I are familiar with folks like that. Sure. And so, but, you know, Gabe's not like that. I mean, you know, when Gabe sees a hedge, he respects a hedge. And, you know, he knows that means a property line. And so I think if you were to put hedges in the way for Gabe and you don't do a good job of explaining to him that in this case, it's okay to get yourself over that hedge. It's actually part of the competition. You know, affirmed is going to assume, right? Affirmed is a horse. He's going to see a hedge. He's over that hedge. So I think definitely the advantage goes to affirmed in that situation. Uh, so Brad, next is the uh, famous uh, segment question of the week. It's where one of our many members of the studio audience, although I, I'm sure there are many, I just can't verify that. I don't have eyes on them right now. They've gone full black behind this solid, dense plexiglass uh, where a member of the studio audience writes a question, slips it through the cracks in the glass to the extent there are any, and then Brad does his best to answer them. And so this week's question uh, actually is coming in from the uh, fax machine, since no one on the other side of this plexiglass is able to get anything through the dense, dark plexiglass. Um, The question of the week, again, brought to you by IPedia, uh, the only self-aware patent analytics platform, uh, comes from Cheryl in Rhode Island. Uh, She says, hi, Brad, I'm a big fan. I uh, am all about uh, fence building and property markers. Um, but I think my neighbor is violating our state's COVID rules. I took pictures of their children's party, uh, and I'd like to report them. Should I report them to the state, the city, or the federal government, or even ICE? Brad, help me. What should I do? Again, Cheryl in Rhode Island looking to call the, uh, the uh, drop a dime on her neighbor's uh, child who's having a party. Brad, what say you? Well, let's, you know, buddy, let's, let's drill into that a little bit. So, you may not know this, and if you don't, of course you don't. I mean, we only have the information that's provided to us by our listeners. But what was the age of this child? You know, give or take. Give me a bracket. I think she says young child, so I assume it's a child under the age of five or six. Okay, so a young child, and again, I mean, unless you're living under a rock, and some people do. I mean, we don't judge. But unless you're living under a rock, I mean, you know that young children typically don't get or give the COVID, the Rona, whatever the case may be. And, uh, and so we're having a party night and she says she, she had to, you know, overcome some obstacles to take pictures of this party. It does seem to have that right. It does seem to be. And so you've got, you've got a party for young children. Uh, Was it recent? I must be Brad. This, this, um, uh, this, this note is actually dated Christmas day. Okay. So it's, you know, we were sort of coming to the end of our you know, national angst with regard to the, the pandemic. We've got a little more science behind it. We got a vaccine out. And so what we have here is uh, Cheryl from Rhode Island, who is apparently 
spying uh, into someone else's private property and then observing when she does so that there's a party going on for young children and any sense of the number of, of young children at this party or just folks in general? Just folks in general, I would assume less than 10, of course. Again, keep in mind, Cheryl does send in a lot of very random questions that we can't put on the air because of their uh, the content of those questions. So this is the mm-hmm. first one we've been able to read. Um, and quite frankly, I'm quite impressed with the crayon that it was written in. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I would assume it's okay. less well, so I mean, less So let's just review the bidding where we're at. We've got a birthday party, small children, under 10 folks that can only be observed by spying uh, and then taking photographs. Uh, so, so here's what you do. I mean, Cheryl, if you're listening, I actually want you to walk through this with me. You, you take those photographs, right? You got them in your hand, take them in, take them in two hands. And what I want you to do is I want you to just turn them sideways. Just turn them, there you go. Just turn them sideways. Now that you have them sideways, hold them in one hand and shove them up your ass, Cheryl. So we're just not having it here on IP frequently. We're not having neighbors spying on neighbors. We're not having panic. We're not having any of that. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that, that's uh, hopefully next week's question of the week will be a little more um, uh, fulfilling and helpful to our folks out there in the business sphere that are looking for a way out. Um, Brad, next is the uh, election debrief. Um, elections over. The Democrats have control of both houses. Uh, what does that mean? mean for business. And then I should also ask, um, what are your thoughts on the new Biden administration and how that's going to help uh, you as a small business owner uh, flourish? Well, I, you know, one, I don't think it's good. I mean, I, I don't think that uh, the Biden administration is particularly focused on small business. They seem to be focused on, uh, you know, other social issues. I mean, again, now they, they may turn their attention to small business issues, you know, once uh, Congress gets themselves squared away with appropriate language and, and not using, you know, just foul terms like sun. Um, so, you know, I mean, they may get there, but I, I, generally speaking, I don't think it's good. I also don't think it's good when one party has control of the White House and both houses of Congress. And I think that's particularly true today. And again, I think it would be true of either party. We were so far apart in our partisanship in general in, in our government, that my suspicion is that what the Democrats will try to do is they will try to take as, you know, sort of extreme positions as they can and try to, you know, sort of get those implemented. And again, not, not saying the Republicans wouldn't do the same thing. You can, you know, put down your angry Twitter pencils. Uh, I'm, I'm not criticizing the Democratic Party, but my sense is, is that that is what's going to happen. And unfortunately, but I, I guess no one reads a history book or, you know, even a decade old newspaper. But, uh, you know, when you do that, when you have total control and instead of recognizing, wow, I could, you know, I could actually make some differences that would benefit the American people. You take a bunch of extreme positions. Then what happens to you is at the midterm election, you get your proverbial buttocks handed right back to you. And I suspect that's what's likely going to happen. A woman, a woman. But I do, I'll tell you what, I do like some of the, uh, some of the cabinet picks. I like the Yellen, the pick for treasury. I like Merrick Garland for attorney general. I, they're not lunatics, they're centrists. So um, I think there's some hope that this administration could be good for business. And obviously the market likes that because uh, bank stocks are up. Um, not surprising because Joe Biden 
carried their water for a lot of years, but uh, it seems like there are a lot of folks that think this is going to be a good administration for business. So, you know, we'll we'll have a we'll have to monitor that over the coming weeks. But it, there are at least some hopeful things that are that are happening with the um, or or some things that are happening that give us hope with the appointments as opposed to you know Treasury Secretary Elizabeth Warren and uh, uh, Attorney General uh, Mario Cuomo or Andrew Cuomo. Mario yeah, well, Cuomo would be an interesting choice. He's I mean, you sort dead. of get you know what you're getting with Biden. He's he's been an elected official in the U.S. government for decades, right? And so you you get one product out of that process. It just, again, historically, when one party runs everything, it just doesn't turn out well. So now, Brad, we have a combination of Time Machine and Bard or Band, our two award-winning segments being melded together to form a superpower oh, like segment that, uh, like that people can't touch, right? I mean, it's sort of like the Wonder Twins, shape of a monkey, um, you know, form of a, an icicle or whatever, a popsicle or freezy, a frosty freezy. Um, so uh, the time machine premise, which is interwoven with Bard and Bend, we'll get to how they work together, the interplay, okay. Um, okay. is okay. sort of a reverse time machine. So what we're doing here is we're not putting you in the time machine, so you get a week off. Nice. We're putting a couple of the founding fathers into oh. the time machine. You know, uh, um, think uh, Madison, uh, um, you, you know, John Adams, uh, Thomas Jefferson, Earl Weaver, a couple of them into the time machine. Mm -hmm. And then we're bringing them to the last eight months here in America, right? Where you have well, riots. Why, why, why would you do that, buddy? You, what, do you hate these guys? Well, I mean, that, that's exactly it. What, what would their reaction be? First, they'd be apoplectic. Right. So apoplexy is the reaction, the, the initial reaction. And then I think what they would do is they would beg uh, to the extent that men of that quality can bring themselves to beg. So you know, they would probably just request uh, to be put back in the time machine. I certainly don't blame them. And then I think upon returning to their own time, they would immediately use all of the resources available to them to build ships, put all of the sort of newly minted Americans on those ships and go back to Europe. Yeah. Right. Because that's, I mean, if, if, if you were them, you had put your life on the line, you had read, studied, put yourself in a position to actually write a document of the quality of the declaration of independence, I mean, setting aside a document, the quality of the United States constitution. And you've put all that effort in, You've done all the things necessary to, I mean, buddy, start a country, right? I mean, that's, that's you know, probably a step or two beyond even shipping vials of liquid. You're going to start a country and then fast forward a couple hundred years. And this is what we've done with all of the work that was provided to us, all the gifts, all the blessings, all the things that a free society is supposed to provide. And we've taken all of those and we've produced this. Yeah, I think those guys just go back where they came from and say the hell with it. So now, Brad, we get to Barter Band, the, the, the Stevie Bronze award-winning segment. The boys want us to emphasize this segment. Zima has been brought on board as a flagship sponsor. So Brad and I have each had about two dozen Zimas today. Uh, our studio audience, the ones that appear to still be standing through this thick Black plexiglass have enjoyed some Zimas and, and, uh, and, and so they're having a good time. Uh, so barter band, Brad, um, the whole concept of rioting on demand and destroying uh, our livelihoods, our national treasures, uh, 
our uh, capital building, our businesses, lives, you know, this whole thing, concept of chaos. Um, what, what do you, what do you think? Should it be barred, banned? I and mean, certainly a lot of people should be beaten. Yes. Uh, both, all of it. Yeah. I mean, we can't have it, right? What happened to the rule of law? Yeah. We, I, we all feel all of that. I mean, it's embarrassing. It's humiliating. No one, no one brings themselves above the fray. It's just, it's just to this point, it's just vile and disgusting and it, it, it really does have to stop anyway anyway i think we've exhausted this we're whipped into a frenzy our audience is blind drunk on the zimas again we're brought to you by zima next week we'll have a special guest star you'll hear more about that on social media you can also watch the great uh, affirmed on social media on our twitter and the great bob conrad versus gabe kaplan race which brad has been raving about that too will be uh posted to our twitter account uh, Brad, what, what do you have to say? The first uh, episode of the year is in the books. Good job. Yeah, good job. Good job out of you. As always, you've led us down a, a path of righteousness, my friend. I'm looking forward to next week. I'm looking forward to finding out who our guest is going to be. And, uh, you know, I, if there's one thing I'm not doing anymore is I'm not saying it can't get worse than it has been because that that tends to not work out well. So let's plan for the worst. See everybody next week. All right. This has been IP Frequently, once again clearing a forest of lies with the machete of truth. You're welcome.